Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 14th is the book of Micah, chapters 1 through 7. We begin with the word of Yahweh that came to Micah. What he saw regarding Samaria, which is Israel, the northern kingdom, and Jerusalem, which is Judah, the southern kingdom, where we get the word Jews from, in the days of King Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now, all three of them were kings in Judah, the southern kingdom. Jotham was a good king. Ahaz, bad, wicked in the eyes of the Lord. And then Hezekiah, again, another good king. Jotham and Hezekiah were not without their flaws, of course. But they tried to do the right thing. And so this prophecy comes, these series of prophecies and visions that Micah has come during the reigns of these three kings in the middle 700s BC. And the prophecies are quite remarkable. There's a call to repentance. There's a call of judgment. There is judgment coming first to Israel, then to the Jews. There's Micah lamenting, wailing, crying out, heartbroken to see these things coming to his people. And it shows that his heart is right before God because God loves these people too. We have to keep in mind, seeing in the spirit, being a seer, as Micah was, a prophet, if you will. The New Testament reminds us that spiritual gifts are useless apart from love for people. It's so interesting, the book of Jonah, and how bitter and angry Jonah was at the end of that book when the Ninevites repented at his word. Because a true prophet, a good prophet, loves the people and wants the people to see the goodness of God. And of course, I think Jonah was given to us to show that God can use and will use imperfect people. And we are all imperfect, of course. But Micah here says in chapter 1, verse 8, I will lament and wail. I will walk barefoot and naked. I will howl. I will mourn. For her, Israel's, wound is incurable. He's heartbroken over the sin of the people, as is God. Why? It's not just because people haven't kept rules. It's because... Our sin separates us from God. And the one thing that we all need more than anything else to feel fulfilled, to be truly happy, is to be in fellowship with God, to be partnering with him, to do the very thing that we were created and designed to do. And if we're not doing that thing, walking in communion with God we will feel lost. 
we will feel as though something's missing and we will want to fill that gap and we will fill it some way, somehow. Alcohol, drugs, work, money, relationships, our children, a hobby, whatever it is. We will fill those gaps, some more harmful and self-destructive than others. And we see this in Israel. They're continually looking to something, other gods, other peoples, money, relationship, strength, over and over and over again. And God says, why won't you come to me? And it gets worse for the people in chapter 2, verse 6. They say, quit your preaching. They should not preach these things. Shame will not overtake us. In other words, stop telling me I'm wrong. Who made you judge over us? Ever call out a religious person's sin? That's the first thing they're going to say. Who are you to judge? Doesn't the Bible say not to judge? Clearly, they don't know the scriptures. When the only defense someone has is to tell the their prophet, the one who is pointing out their wrong, the one who is trying to bring a rebuke, when their only defense is to say, be quiet, stop talking, it shows their wickedness. It shows that they have nothing to stand on. Chapter 3, you rulers, aren't you supposed to know what is just, Micah says? You hate good and you love evil. Kind of like many leaders today, both in the institutional religion that we are so familiar with and in our political arenas, people in power and those who want to be in power. Those who control the mainstream media, they control the narrative and they really do love evil and they hate what is good. Judgment is coming, friends. I pray that these people would repent. Chapter 4 says, In the last days, the mountains of Yahweh's house will be established at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. Now, I think this is referring to God's third temple, which is made up of people. And in scripture, especially in prophecy, a lot of times a mountain or a hill would be somebody who is important, somebody of stature, maybe a king, maybe a ruler. And so it shows that what God is building, the people of God will be higher in the last days than those of the world, those who are opposed to God. And people will stream to it, that mountain of God, and many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of Yahweh, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways so we may walk in his paths, for instruction will go out of Zion and the word of Yahweh from Jerusalem. And I believe that's literal and figurative, but the word of God will 
be centered once again at some point in the future in Zion coming from Jerusalem when God's chosen people, the Israel, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, the Hebrews, will once again be restored as the bearers of the word of God. I think a big reason the Christian church today is missing so much of the truth of God's word and is so deceived by so many false teachings is because we don't have the Jews like Paul teaching the Gentiles. But they will be provoked by jealousy once the Gentiles start to get it right, once we start to figure things out and become the proper expression of who God wants us to be when we truly understand God and his word and come out of our false doctrines, we will provoke the Hebrew people to jealousy. And they'll say, God is being worshipped by these Gentiles, and they really seem to understand him, and God is blessing them. We need to give this Jesus fellow a second look. He, chapter 4, verse 3, will settle disputes and provide arbitration. And then they, the foreign countries, will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up the sword against nation and they will never again train for war. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, for they will be called the sons of God. Chapter 5, verse 2, one will come from you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, to be ruler over Israel. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. Friends, this story has been written from the past, from long, long ago. Nothing that has transpired in this world has ever surprised the one true God. He knows it all. He has accounted for everything. He is king over all creation. He knows all of our thoughts, all of our deepest, darkest secrets, and he loves us anyway, and he wants to be in relationship with us. And so he planned from the very beginning to place his word in a baby and let that baby with the word of God in him, grow up, live a sinless life, and then die a merciless death on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And by the power of God, he was raised from the grave after three days. And he lives forevermore, and we can have fellowship with him if we repent because we truly believe in his finished work. May God bless you as you seek him. We'll see you tomorrow.